people helping people. Our friend Nick Roby says, got a free 10-piece chicken nugget for signing up for the Wendy's app this weekend. That, that's what we're talking about with Wendy's. They're just giving stuff away, folks. They're just giving stuff away. It's ridiculous. Just people helping people. Uh, this hour brought to you by our friends at One Tom Plumber. It's the, num- the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. Three locations in the state. Greenville, Charleston, Columbia. Uh, if you have a major sewage backup, uh, if you have a disaster that you need fixed immediately, if you've got a hot water issue at your home, that's where One Tom Plumber comes in. You can give them anything, but the emergency services are when they're at their best because they promise 24-hour service for all of those emergencies. You can't go three or four or five days without hot water or with a sewage backup. You can't. You, you, you may as well just sell your house and move at that point. One-time plumber understands that. So, again, they will come to your house within 24 hours. They have 24-7 emergency services, tons of five-star ratings on Google. That's the type of service that they supply. Clemson grads on and operate the business. Call the number whose name is his number. That's one-time plumber. It is time now for our 105 Quick Hitters with Go Follow Lead here on a uh, on a Wednesday, the final Wednesday of February, with our, our good friend, Dr. Jana Butler uh, from Go Follow Lead, who joins us right now. Jana, what's up? Hey, Clark. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How is uh, New Orleans? Everything go well? New Orleans, uh, it did, yes. All things, all boxes for checks. Um, all food was consumed. Yes, everything went very well. Thanks for asking. For sure. Uh, I want to I, I ask you about, and this is an interesting topic, about sort of the <clears throat> nexus of leadership, like the green lights of leadership. Tell us what that means, and then we'll get into it a little bit. So for me, green lights, when I think about that, you know, the name of my company is Go Follow Lead. Go. Green means go for all you Paw Patrol folks out there. (laughs) Rocky will tell you green means go. I hear a lot of that in my house. Um, But these green light moments are are these critical life moments, these experiences that happen to you or you make happen that, that change you a little bit, right? Like you're not the same person that you were before. And sometimes it takes a minute for us to realize that, oh, my gosh, yes, this happened. I didn't realize the significance of it. Um, but other than other moments are right right there in your face, right? You can't deny it. And so there are these moments that, you know, afterwards you're like, yeah, I'm not going to be the same. Something's changed. I have a new perspective. I'm going to lead myself a little bit different. I'm going to lead others a little bit differently because of this. Uh, it's going to impact my path moving forward, Right. So these green light moments directly impact kind of how you pursue leadership from here on out. It seems like they're important, uh, but it also seems like some of this happens organically. Can you sort of make this happen? Like if you're in a locker room context or you're in a business context, even in your family, can, can you facilitate this or is this something that sort of just has to happen? I think they're more organic, you know, Um and so I, w- I would lean a little bit more that way, you know, and, and maybe I, c- I can share one of mine right now is, and I'm going to take us way back. We're going to go to uh, Hoover, Alabama. Okay. And uh, Simmons, Simmons Middle School. And I'm in sixth grade. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing all the things because that's what my family and I did. And at that point in my life, you know, it's, it's all really fun. I just, it's just what I enjoy doing. And so sixth grade, I'm in computer class. And... 
I get called over the intercom to go to the, the principal's office. Um, that didn't happen a lot for me. I didn't, my name did not get called to the principal's office a lot. And so I immediately, you know, started reeling, reeling through what, what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Um, but I get there and our PE teacher, Coach Chestnut, is standing there. She's also the seventh and eighth grade girls basketball coach. And she says to me, hey, I hear you're pretty good. Uh, here are some brochures for camp. I want you to go, and I want you to work hard this summer, and I want you to try out for the team next year. So I, like, I remember that conversation where we were standing to this day, and I left that going like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train. Uh, I'm going to become the best basketball player that I can be because this person sees something in me, right? And so that's very organic, and I think most of these moments – do happen that way and and unfortunately not all of them are super positive ones i think of like howard schultz with uh, starbucks you know his dad when they were growing up um got hurt on the job and couldn't work and you know disability workers comp and that has directly impacted him and how he has chosen to implement policy with his corporation right and so yes a lot of them are sunshine and rainbow moments but a lot of them are you know, tissues and tears moments as well. And these moments, I mean, you you would say, to use your lingo, this is how you get to your go, right? Or this is how you change or redefine your go, correct? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I could share some other uh, personal stories that I won't get in too much detail here, but, like, you know, I, I value community. Like, building community is my go. Creating connection is my go. Like, it's what I crave. Like, I want the big dinner table. I want the crowded campfire, right? Like those are the things that I'm seeking. And that's because I've experienced experienced a lot of loss in my life um, with relationships. And so because of that, that has prompted me to lead myself in seeking and building community for others. So it definitely directly impacts your go and your personal leadership pursuit for sure. Yeah, I uh, visit with uh, Dr. Jana Butler here with Go Follow League Quick Hitters on a Wednesday. I love this topic because I've always thought about it like in the Pirates of the Caribbean context where Captain Jack Sparrow has a compass pointing toward what you want most in life, and during the course of the first movie, it moves. And to me, that's kind of, when I think about mine, you know, you're, you're, you think you know what you want in your life, and then in uh, the fall of 2009, I realized that my compass was now pointing toward Clemson's campus. And there was a there was a, a mm-hmm. big moment. I I broke down crying. Like it was it was a very poignant thing for me. But like 15 years later, I'm still sort of living that. And to your point, like I never would have been able to sort of um, I never I never would have been able to like plot the way forward. I never would have been able to see the end. But I know that's what I'm going toward, and I know that's where my direction is going to be pointed. And if you're trying to lead, if you're trying to accomplish anything great. You got to have this, right? You cuz otherwise you're wandering or you're chasing whatever thing is closest and is most uh almost most tangible, nearest to you, right? Yeah, I mean you you've got to be paying attention, right? Like you have to be in tune with what's going on around you and what's going on within yourself. Um if you were to go back and ask anybody that I went to high school or college with and say what what's Jana doing now? They're like, "Oh, she's a head coach of the Division 1 basketball program." No one in their right mind would think that I had a Ph.D. in teaching on a college campus, Mm. right? And so paying attention to what's going on in your heart, paying attention to things that are stirring you and and also not stirring you, 
um, you know, knowing who you are and being rooting those values. And that's another thing that these green light moments really impact, right, is like what do you stand for? A lot of these, these moments really test those values because they might be putting you under some kind of pressure or duress. Um, so, yeah, you've, you've got to be aware. You've got to be mindful. And you've also got to be willing to let it change you, right? You've got to be willing to, like, take the risk, make the pivot. So definitely stay alert, um, reflect, you know, and, and ask so those folks around you, like, the hard questions that they can, can help you make some hard decisions. Yeah, I, I think uh, in a group context, I, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about this this morning. It, it may not be sort of a, a green light moment, but like players only meeting sometimes flesh that out if we're going into a locker room context, right? Or, you know, tough losses and tough conversations and it might lead to, you know, some some personal adversity and struggle, like an injury for an athlete or something like that. I mean, I'm sure you've, you've seen yep. that, that sometimes out of like the worst pain and the uh, somebody who thought they had it all figured out, now there's a pivot and all of a sudden more things that are actually valuable are now valuable to me. Yeah, I, you know, I was going to say the injury moment, and, and I think the thing that happens with injuries is like, yeah, it could definitely be the moment for that athlete, but it also could be the moment for someone else. Um, my high school softball coach would always tell the Wally Pip story, right? And that maybe we wouldn't know. I think it was Luke Gehrig. Yeah. Like Wally Pip got hurt, and then Luke Gehrig was his backup, and now everybody probably knows Luke Gehrig before they do Wally Pip. So I think, you know, someone else's green light moment can I- impact you as well, especially in a team sports setting. I love talking to athletes. This this sounds horrible, but I love talking to athletes after they get hurt. And especially college athletes mm-hmm. after they get hurt because that that rehab is hard. And it, it brings about something else. It, bring, it shows you how much you love a thing or maybe how much you don't love it. Um, it shows you mm-hmm. maybe how like you, you thought the sport was your passion and now you've realized something else. I mean, to your point, like it, it's kind of a fork in the road, right? These, these green light moments where you can keep chasing the things that you're chasing that are not bad, or it sends your life on a totally other direction that was totally opposite of what you wanted based on the things that you're thinking and feeling in that moment. There's so many student athletes that I talk with who are, who are now in sports medicine or the medical field and, you know, their, their story on that path starts from when they got hurt as an athlete, right? I'm pursuing this um, because I want to be able to ha- help athletes that went through what I had to go through. So absolutely, uh, you know, a green light, green light moment there. If I could figure out a way for coaches to help their athletes have more green light moments while they're in that four to five, six year, or maybe seven year college, I don't know, we've got a lot of eligibility these days, um, that seven year window, Rather than, you know, I'm 25 or I'm 30 and the light bulb goes off, you know, I think, I think that would be really helpful. So we're going to keep working on that. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I think with the injury thing specifically, that, 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 is, a, that is a test. And it's like I think the other example would be you get a job offer, but you're really happy in the one that you have, right, and sitting down and making those, those tough decisions. Uh, texter from the 864 points out Willie Korn, a former Clemson quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he's an offensive coordinator now, probably because he spent more time learning and listening and observing from the sideline because of all the injuries that he had as a five-star quarterback coming in. I I totally uh I, I totally agree with that. I would also say, Jana, that one of the one of the things that I lament about our current society is that I I think a lot of that stuff happens through adversity. And the line now between adversity and abuse is is very gray, and it sometimes swerves back and forth. 
there's not a clear definition of like this is what a coach can do to create adversity to bring this about and this is a be- and I would say outside of an athletic context college campuses are like that too where it makes it very difficult to bring these things about because we don't really know what that looks like anymore yeah I, I had a um, head coach say to me once you know holding my athletes accountable it wasn't adversity it was accountability is, is harder now than it ever has because accountability in their mind is abuse like adversity adversity is going to happen right like that's inevitable we're all going to face it and if you say you're, you never face it i, I want to meet those people but um you, you have and, and it's inevitable but how we how we handle that and the accountability piece to our role in that adversity i think is is the tricky part and i think that's also why you hear so much about the you know the elite teams are the ones that are player led because coaches holding team athletes accountable is way different than a teammate holding another teammate accountable and the impact that those kinds of conversations uh, can have. Great stuff. Jana, appreciate your time today. Tell us what's going on with Go Follow Lead this week. Um, you know, Go Follow Lead's awesome. I'm actually wearing Go Follow Lead t-shirt right now. Uh, this week, Clemson Athletic Leadership, my, my full-time job, is uh, interviewing for a new lecturer. So that's kind of exciting. We've got some people on campus and meeting new folks and adding to the family. Great stuff. Good luck with that, and uh, looking forward to more of these talks. Jana Butler, Go Follow League, Quick Hitters on a Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your week, Jana. You too, Clark. See you later. All right, thanks very much. That's uh, Jana Butler. I I love that conversation about those moments in our lives, especially when it comes to, like, building athletic teams and what it means for, like, an NCAA tournament team. You got a bunch of people, from a basketball context, you got a bunch of people who have had those green light moments, I think. Uh, otherwise, you're not able to steady the course and stay the course, uh, steady the, the ship, so to speak, when uh, when things get a little bumpy. All right, let's take a break. and we come back, more on the basketball side. We'll also talk a little football, a little baseball, whatever you want. There's some interesting stuff from the NCAA today. And, uh, boy, uh, interesting recruiting calendar updates coming up. We'll talk about that as well. Stay with us. Hour 2 of the program continues right after this. This is Coach Dabo Sweeney. I remember how great it was to turn 21, but remember, just because you're 21 or over doesn't mean you can buy alcohol for anyone underage. In fact, you could face fines and jail time for a first offense. Upstate alcohol enforcement teams are enforcing underage drinking laws to save lives. When officers catch a minor with alcohol, they ask, who gave it to them? Don't let it be you. For more information, go to phoenixcenter.org. 2008 was an incredible year for me and my family. Not only was it the year that I became head coach at Clemson, but it was also the year that I found the only dealership I need for sales and service. Toyota of Easley is my kind of place. If you are considering the purchase of a new or used vehicle or need your current vehicle serviced or repaired, then I encourage you to go see the winning team at Toyota of Easley. Be sure and tell them Dabo sent you. Checking in with my good friend Morgan Coleman, trusted real estate professional in the upstate. Okay, Morgan, since you've been on the air with us, the real estate market has changed a lot, uh, especially over the past six months or so. So tell me, what does the current real estate landscape look like right now? The current market is back to a neutral market. During the height of COVID, we were heavily in a seller's market with about two months worth of active inventory on the market. Now that pendulum has swung back towards a neutral market, closer towards that six months worth 
of active inventory. We still have not fully caught up with the active inventory, but buyers have some negotiating power and it is crucially important for sellers to get their home show ready and to be priced accordingly to the current market, not 18 months ago. Thanks, Morgan. That's Morgan Coleman of Joan Herlong & Associates, Sotheby's International Realty. To get in touch, give her a call at 864-313-7639. Concerned about a potential gas leak at home? No worries. Fort Hill Natural Gas, your safety-focused energy provider, has you covered. Natural Gas, renowned for its safety and reliability, ensures your household comfort while it's colorless and odorless we've added a distinctive rotten egg scent for instant leak detection if you ever smell a gas odor act fast and call the fort hill natural gas office immediately for more safety tips visit fhnga.com looking for a job with a company that's focused on family glenn raven's anderson plant maker of high quality sunbrella products is hiring now as a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family you'll enjoy premium benefits including a pension program and much more you'll qualify for a fifteen hundred dollar sign-on bonus and once you're hired if you refer someone who gets hired you'll get a two thousand dollar referral bonus too if you're experienced or willing to be trained apply today at join.sumbrella.com Attention golf cart fans, Salty Fries has expanded to Greenville, bringing us the number one number golf cart, the Icon EV, voted by thousands to be the number one overall best golf cart brand and the best street legal golf cart in 2023. Come experience the difference. Best yet, Salty Fries golf carts of Greenville can customize the Clemson-themed golf cart of your dreams. Save up to $2,000 during the end of the model year closeout sale. Salty Fries on Highway 183 in Piedmont and at saltyfries.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. What's Quok ranting about? I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Find out weekdays from noon to 3, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead, live inside the Upcountry Fiber studios. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. 654 Roar is the number if you want to join us on the phones or on the Adams Roofing text line today. 654-7627 if you want to be a part of the program. One other thing, um, one other thing from last night that I think uh that that I, I thought was interesting. Um, is that if you look at the ACC standings, when Wake Forest loses to Notre Dame, which we may need to talk about that for a minute, um, Clemson is now, we, we, we've sort of been setting up this scenario wherein Clemson and Wake Forest are playing a battle royale and the winner gets to wait till, uh, Thursday to play in DC and the loser has to play on Wednesday in the five versus 12 or 13 uh, game, um, can I can I tell you this? There is a real possibility now that that is for the third seed, and Virginia could drop down to the five seed. 
Yeah, Virginia right now at 11-6, and six, so they're one game up on Clemson and Wake Forest. What Virginia do you get in their final three games? They control their own destiny for the three seed. Clemson controls theirs for the four seed. Um, Virginia has at Boston College, at Duke, and Georgia Tech at home remaining. Quark, uh, the the at Boston College is one to tune into that game tonight. In fact, let's look and see what the spread is on that tonight. Uh-huh. I, I think... I'm not at all surprised that Boston College wins this game tonight. Virginia, I think, would be the best team that Boston College has beaten this year. But Virginia, especially the predictive metrics, it's weird to say Virginia is not that different from like Syracuse. Virginia is not that uh, th- their resume is good, and they've they've totaled a bunch of wins, which is that's good. BC's a one and a half point favorite. BC tonight. is favored in the game over Virginia. So, if you are a Clemson fan and you have your eyes on that three seed, uh, you are huge Boston College Eagle fans tonight. Huge. Can, can I tell you, there, there is the hard, a hard rock actually has Virginia favored. So, you can get this. You can, you can, get, uh, you can get it as a pick em. You can get Boston College straight up. You can get some interesting stuff if you're uh, legally allowed to wager on this game. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't think Virginia's going to win at Duke, and they'll, they'll, they'll beat Georgia Tech at home in the, in their, on their senior day in their finale. So, you know, I'm thinking, especially with the if Virginia loses tonight, Wake finishes twelve and eight. That's right. I think that. I think that would make sense. I actually think that's the that's the most likely finishing point for them. Yeah. Well, and again, if you go by you go by Vegas odds, that would be because, like as I said, I mean they're not going to be favored at Duke, and they will be favored over Georgia Tech. Um. You know who Clemson has? Listen, you you cannot overlook Notre Dame on Saturday, though. You cannot. They are. Record-wise, not they're not a good team. I'm not going to pretend like they are, but they are playing so much better. Young team, and they're finding a little bit of confidence here at the end of the season. Uh, Burton, their little guard, man, he is quick. And if you let those guys get momentum, I mean, Wake Forest found it out the hard way last night. And, and Notre Dame plays a lot of people close. Uh, the last five games, this is what Notre Dame's done win at home against Virginia Tech. This is after a seven-game losing streak. Win at home against Georgia Tech. Win at Louisville by 22. Lose at Syracuse by three. Win over Wake Forest last night by five. They're four and one in their last five games, and they've won three in a row at home. Two of those against Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, which are either not bad or really good teams. Uh, Notre Dame is not a slouch. You you know, you can make an argument that a couple of these teams Clemson's gotten at good times. You are not getting Notre Dame at a good time. No, that's right. You are you are a much better team though. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pretend like they aren't, but from a moment Notre Dame's playing really well, then again so is Clemson. Yes. Uh you just have to make sure you just have to make sure that you are still playing well come Saturday night. Um anyway, you know, certainly Clemson will be favored in that. They'll be favored over Syracuse, and then I don't. I don't know what their 
Wake Clemson at Wake. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that's probably going to end up being like Wake by one, something like that, kind of a spread. Yeah. Um, Ken Palm has Wake by four at the moment. Um, but I think it'll be closer than that. You know why though? Because I, I'm I watched Wake play last night, and I've watched them play over the course of the year. Do you know I'm gonna list the teams that Wake Forest has beaten away from their building. Uh Boston College back on January second, and Georgia Tech back on February sixth. They win one road game a month. So maybe that's good news for them at Virginia Tech in March. <laughs> they have lost at Florida State, NC State, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Duke, and Virginia, and now Notre Dame. Yeah. So back to uh, you know that we're talking about that because they beat Wake last night. Did you a huge favor? Clemson goes there Saturday night. I'm going to say Clemson wins their next two going into Wake Forest, and I think I think Wake probably splits their next two. I think they lose at Virginia Tech. Yeah, they are at Virginia Tech and then host Georgia Tech. Uh, so. I could see a scenario where Clemson has a one-game lead over Wake going to Wake, and then you you still have to win that game to finish higher than Wake because if Wake wins, they're going to have the same record and a tiebreaker over Clemson. Um, That's true. That's a good point. You know, and there there's also the scenario that you have a three-way tie there for third. Which, by the way, guess which of those three teams has beaten the number one seed? Because they're all going to be ring around the rosy so against each other. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, well, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be if if Wake beats Clemson. It wouldn't be. Clemson would be the odd man. Clemson would have lost to both of those. Uh, yes, that's actually true. But I don't know if that's, that's how the tiebreaker works. I think it probably is record against each other, and then it might go, and then in, it probably a, goes to head to head in a three way. Yeah, yeah. You just eliminate that third one, and then it goes head. And then That's at right. some point, it goes to your record against the top team, right? And and so on and on down. So anyway, uh, all that to say, if if you beat if you win out, you're at worst the four seed. And I I I was glad to hear Coach Brownell talk about that last night. The importance of that. I I think you you need to be talking about that think you need to be signaling that you think you can win this whole thing it's a whole lot better a whole lot easier to win the whole thing if you get the double buy right oh my goodness yes um I, I would I would point out too you're gonna end up playing you know you're not gonna finish below five unless some disaster strikes you're not gonna finish below five so whether you finish four or five you're gonna have to play North Carolina next anyway you, you know right, like in right. a semifinal you're gonna have to do that anyway um, you're, I, I would imagine that Clemson feels perfectly fine with playing Virginia or Wake Forest on a neutral floor. I don't, I don't, I think most people would favor Clemson on a neutral floor against Virginia or Wake Forest. I think you'd be silly not to. And then you get into a situation where you're playing North Carolina, or if you if you get the three seed, if you went out and some other stuff happens and you end up with the three seed, now you're playing Duke next. And I think Clemson would love another crack at Duke too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You don't 
I know Ben Milstead would love another crack at Duke. As long as I get to pick the officiating crew. <laughs> Side note, the officiating crew last night, those are two top five officials. Yeah, Jeffrey Anderson's third, I think, and Ron Groover's fourth. Yeah. And the other uh, guy was like 55. Yes. That was so a really you, good Yeah, crew. I looked it up, too. Yeah, I did. I looked it up. Um, oh, high knees. Just to there's set a, there's up. There's a parody account of... Of Anderson is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize he was on the game until I checked Twitter walking over from baseball. And literally the second tweet, the second tweet that came up when I refreshed the page is, high knees at Clemson. And it's just, it's him running down the court. I love that somebody just watches Jeffrey Anderson games just to find it. I love it. Is there... Duke and North Carolina, unless Duke, let's see... I mean, technically, two could still be in play, but, but well, not, Duke would have to just completely implode. They would have um, to collapse. And, and that would mean they'd have to lose to Virginia, which hurts you with the Virginia side of things. Correct. Duke, if they win tonight and get to 13, 13 and 4, they're two games ahead of Virginia with three to play. They're three ahead of Wake and Clemson. They pretty much locked up the two. Yeah. Now, I mean, their last three are not necessarily gimmies. Virginia at NC State and North Carolina, but but yeah. So I one one two, one one and two is pretty much set. Yeah, and um, I mean, I it's possible that Duke could be the one, right? I mean, if if things go well down the stretch for them, but I think I think North Carolina is the best team, and will that will that will bear out. Do I dare read this text from the? The Adams Coverfing text line. Do I dare? Which one? D- don't read the guy that just is randomly sending us like one word stuff or no. That I like. That's that's amusing. <laughs> I do enjoy that. I feel like I feel like he's talking past us. Uh, no, this is the one that says that that as has Pitt fired their coaching staff yet because they blew a ten point lead last night. <laughs> Look, I'm not picking a fight today. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not picking a fight. I, I feel like I've, I feel like I've already won that battle with the use of of facts instead of opinions. You're right. So you're right. <laughs> I just thought it was but, funny. Is somebody? I'm just reading what somebody else wrote. But if you are, uh, I would just say, if you are, blow a ten point lead guy out there, you did not like college basketball last night. Nope. No, you didn't. Because I because I quickly found what? How many did I find? I quickly found oh, yeah. what seven games last night. There were one, two, oh seven. <laughs> quickly, nine, I, nine, nine games. I last quickly night. found nine games last night where that happened. Seven yeah. of the teams I, lost, by the way. I'll keep saying it happens every night in basketball, and I'll use facts. And some of you will keep saying it only happens to Clemson, and it's happened for fourteen years, and you'll be wrong with your opinion. I, I, I'm. Really not trying to pick. I, I'm just relaying facts to you. <laughs> it's not an opinion. It's a preemptive strike. It, yeah, you, you got to set that up. A text from the eight four three. Syracuse is on the list. They actually had a twenty one point lead that was cut to seven at one point. So they did. They did. They did not. They did not win by their highest margin of uh, lead. In How about on a more positive note? Mississippi State's on the list. A thirteen point lead. How about the ending of? Kentucky. I don't know what to make of Kentucky, Quack, 
because at times this year they have looked like a dumpster fire. Other times they look like they could play in the freaking NBA uh, and outscore anybody and everybody. Uh, case in point, last night, Reed Shepard for Kentucky in the last 90 seconds had 11 points, a block, and a steal. <sighs> he just he just said, <laughs> okay, I'm ready to win. 11 points, a block, and a steal in 90 seconds by one player. Consider that the other team had possessions in there too. I was looking at, because I, I, I love that kid. I think that kid is an absolute player. I, now I never would have thought. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna single handedly bring you from the the pit of despair in the last ninety second. I would have never said that, right? But I've been looking at NBA draft like NBA mock drafts that have him like in the middle like the middle teens, and I'm thinking this draft class stinks. Everybody says it stinks. Why am I looking at fourteen other guys ahead of this guy? Why am I looking at 18 other guys? Why am I looking at 12 other guys ahead of this guy? Reed Shepard can freaking play. By the way, whoever asked me about Murray Boyles, I might have been Gamecock Will, asked me about Murray Boyles last week. That's why he's not winning freshman of the year in the SEC right there. Because Reed Shepard is an absolute baller. He just locked it up. You, You know, you talk about in football needing a Heisman moment. If this was the Heisman, that was his Heisman moment last night, the last 90 seconds. Um, on a related note, I said, uh, and Wes Durham backed me up on it, but I'm curious your thought on this. I said that Monday locked up the ACC Player of the Year race for R.J. Davis. That he won it with a setting the record for points in the Dean Dome with 42 and being the leading scorer in the league and the point guard on the best team. I just think he's got it. Like, whatever happens the last yeah. handful of games, I, I'm not worried about You're probably right. He's, yeah, you're you're probably right about that. Um, I, It's not a runaway. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of good performances in the league this year, but you, you, you normally start with the best player on the best team, and right now that's R.J. Davis. The other, um, the other thing that Wes pointed out that I was scared to say because you, I thought you weren't supposed to say it, but if Wes can say it, then I can, is he was basically asking, would it be possible to have an all-ACC team without Kyle Filipowski? Because, like, like Walt mm-hmm. made the argument the other day, like, if you're – we were talking about this between shows. If you're picking five-on-five five and you have the whole ACC to pick – isn't Filipowski one of your first picks? And my answer was, yeah, I mean, probably. He probably is. But to Wes's point, like, you've got Henson, you've got Horn. He said, uh, I'm trying to think of who, exactly what he said. He said Davis and P.J. Hall and I think Horn and Reese Beekman are, or maybe Hunter Salas and Reese Beekman are locks. And now what do you do with that fifth guy? Because of the way that Horn has been playing, mm-hmm. and because of Filipowski maybe not having as good of numbers, you may not put Kyle Filipowski on your first team all ACC right now. As much as I don't want to, I think you probably do. Because uh, you think about a team like that, he actually has some help and he can play the position he's comfortable playing. Yeah, that makes sense. 
I do think that if, and to Wes's point, something that we've said, if they had a rim protector this year, Filipowski would be eating. But he's having to play the five-some defensively because they don't have another one, and I think it's putting him in a bad spot a little bit on both sides of the floor. Honestly, if Miami wasn't such a horrible basketball team right now, I'd like I'd, I'd probably go Omir. I think Omir is having a phenomenal year. I love watching that guy play. He is a like DJ Burns has the size of a. Well, you just see he's large. Lar- <laughs> yeah. He's large around. Nor Nor Chad Omir is as sturdy as DJ Burns is round. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's cut. It's a little bit like Federico. Federico last night. Like he's stronger and probably a little bit thicker than his build suggests. And I just like watching. I, I like watching people try to move him and they can't. They just can't move him out of the way. All right. Uh, before we get a break, let me tell you about Little John Portable Toilets. They sponsor uh, this hour of the program. Uh, go to Little John Portable Toilets today. Uh, get the, whatever you need for your big event. Little John's got it. That's our friends at Little John portable toilets hour two continues we do have changes in the world of college football to get to as well 654 roar you want to get in hour two continues right after this most folks in your neighborhood are realizing a garage floor coating is a must-have item our coatings are easy to clean extremely durable and they transform the entire space i'm jake wilson owner of iron drive floor coatings in the last 15 years we've installed over a million square feet of residential coatings trust in our team of professionals when it comes to your garage floor Go to irondrivegaragefloors.com to get a free quote and see our five-star Google reviews and gallery of finished jobs. That's irondrivegaragefloors.com. You maintain your car, your health, you go to the dentist every six months for cleaning? Why aren't you doing the same for the HVAC unit that keeps your house and your family members happy? BCD Services has the perfect maintenance plan that keeps your HVAC system running cold in the summer and hot in the winter in the most efficient and cost-effective way. Sign up today to become a BCD Services Comfort Club member. Starting at about 15 bucks a month, the Comfort Club keeps your unit clean and helps avoid costly issues in the future. Learn more today at bcdservices.net. Attention business owners, soccer dads, chess team moms, and charity event planners. When you need custom weather patch hats, turn to Hat Flow Company. There's no order minimum, quick nationwide shipping, and unbeatable prices. Order 10 or 1,000. You get the same excellent customer service and top quality product. Custom Richardson hats, beanies, low-profile, performance hats, and more. Use their online hat builder to upload your logo, choose styles and colors to see your idea come to life. Start your custom hat quote at hatflowco.com today. Is switching your wireless service to Total by Verizon easy? Totalmente. And you get unlimited 5G data? $25 a line for four lines on the unlimited plan? At an amazing price? With no contracts? Should you switch to Total by Verizon? Definitely. Uh, I mean, Totalmente. find a store or switch suavemente at totalbyverizon.com. Monthly rate when you activate without a pay, plus taxes and fees. Discount begins the month after you enroll. Additional terms apply. See website for data management practices. Dr. David Maruz, D.C. in Greenville, South Carolina, is here to guide you on your journey toward a pain-free life from peripheral neuropathy. And here's the exciting news. Take advantage of their limited time offer. Your initial Sumus laser treatment is just $79. Take the first step towards a brighter future. Call 864-292-6777 now to schedule your consultation with Dr. David Maruz, D.C. And schedule your initial treatment for only $79, absolutely commitment-free. Relieve peripheral neuropathy pain now. 
I'm Will Davis with the Davis Law Group. Davis Law Group offers comprehensive family court services across the state. If it's in family court, we handle it. From emergency custody cases to dividing millions of dollars in assets, we're the team you want in your corner. We help hardworking dads secure time with their kids. We help dedicated moms and wives achieve financial stability. We have the honor of helping build non-traditional families through adoption and third-party custody cases. We believe that families come in all shapes and sizes. Contact us today at davis.law. Let us see how we can help. Hi, I'm Allison. I teach Bible study at the Dream Center, and it has been a very fulfilling thing for me to be able to see life change and walk alongside the very people that we are helping. By volunteering at the Dream Center, it gives you a chance to get a front row seat into exactly what we're doing in the Dream Center and how the Dream Center touches lives, not only here, but in the surrounding areas. Classes are offered Monday through Thursday here on campus. And one of the neat things is how you can get involved. If you're a retired teacher, you're, you have time, you have an education background, or even if you just love people and have a passion for something, anything, we would love for you to come and be a part of our team and be a part of what we do here in, at the Dream Center. The Dream Center has over 600 volunteers that help in all aspects of their ministry. Learn more and sign up for a volunteer orientation at dreamcenterpc.org. Mark your calendars for the Roar's March Badness Show, March 18th from 5 to 8 p.m. at Mellow Mushroom of Clemson. We'll see you there. Hour two continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush, Ben Milstead. We're live inside the Upcountry Fiber Studios. You're thinking about what to do for dinner tonight. Uh, you're thinking about happy hour with the boys or with the ladies from the office. Ladies do happy hour too. Uh, and uh, I can give you a place. It is our friends at Willie Taco. They've got happy hour today. Tuesday through Friday, they have happy hour deals. They have a four for $20 menu all day, every day, which is just I mean, it's just phenomenal. It's a great value. I would encourage you to peruse that. They do catering. They have a fiesta room for special occasions. Uh, we've used it before at the station and love it. They also, and make your plans now for tomorrow, they've got Trivia Thursdays. I don't know if they do anything special for a leap year, but you can't have a Trivia Thursday on February 29th, but like once every 40 years or something like that. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be reminded, 28 years, I don't even know. I don't know how calendars work, really. Uh, Trivia Thursdays, though, at uh, at Willie Taco. And, of course, all the, <laughs> all the best food, the specials that you know and love, the presentation, the atmosphere, it's all there at Willie Taco and easily go by and see him. I'm laughing because a friend of mine, and I'm going to assume that he was joking, but I'm not altogether convinced, said, it's leap year. Does that mean we go from Wednesday to straight to Friday? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yes, that is what you do a six-day week. That is exactly how that works. Please, please, please do that. <laughs> it's, it's the opposite. Uh, honestly, that's what we were talking we, about the other day. We have two Thursdays this year, <laughs> this week. <laughs> two Thursdays. 
It's leap year. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> Good grief, people. I mean, but that that goes to your point, though. We should call we should call the other years leap year because you're leaping past the 29th to go right to Mars. This is non-leap year. We're not we're not leaping over the 29th. Are, did we just do we have a name for that? Are we just calling it non-leap? Or is there's got to be there's got to be better branding for that somewhere somehow? I don't know. Anti-leaping. <laughs> I don't know. Stay on the ground year. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, Ben, very rarely on this show do we get to do a victory lap because people are doing something that we suggested. And I'm not necessarily going to do this now because are they, we still talking about blown leads? We're we're not. Oh, okay. We're not. Do you want to keep talking about blown lead? No. You got more. <laughs> A texter did ask for the list. Ooh. Oh, give them the list then. Give the texter the list because I'm sure they're not alone. This is not a complete list of last night because it takes a long time to go through box scores to figure this out. Last night, only because you ask, uh, Nevada blew an 11-point lead, UNLV a 10, Akron a 10, UMass was down 19, or was up 19 rather, and allowed it to be cut to 6. LSU blew a 13-point lead. Mississippi State blew a 13-point lead. Syracuse was up 21 and let Syracuse cut it to 7. Pitt had a 10-point lead. And finally, Kansas blew a 12-point lead. So, so there you go. I mean, a uh, lot of really good teams on that list. Uh, some not great teams on the list, but a lot of yeah. a lot of quality teams on that list that just they just couldn't hold a double digit lead, whatever the case may be. Um, let's talk about recruiting calendar. We so spring practice starting uh, today. Davos Winnie's press conference at three fifteen. We'll be saying a little bit about that. We'll talk to Will Vanderwood about it in the next segment tomorrow. We'll do a lot more of that, talking about spring practice and what to expect and what you want to see. I've I've taken some notes, and I've got some thoughts, certainly. I would suggest to you that the college football powers that be did a rare thing when they kind of got this right with the changes to the recruiting calendar. So this is the, this is the proposal for National Signing Day. I have said that we should move the early signing day back to July. The last day of July, first day of August, something like that, where you get it out of the way before the year starts, before the season starts. Because you gotta you gotta get it out of December. And they almost did that with two minor alterations. This is NCAA officials meeting this week to discuss potential major changes to the recruiting calendar. This is according to Pete Thamel. There's a proposal on the table for three signing periods. Now, before we get into it, are three signing periods too many signing periods? Uh, if there, if there's a reason to have three, I mean, it, let's let's answer that question at the end of this and try to decide. Who benefits from each signing period? Okay. Because if there's no benefit, then there's too many. Okay. So we start with the first signing period, which would be the final Wednesday in June. 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 
So they move it to June, which, okay, that seems fine. June is where summer official visits typically are happening. Mm-hmm. And maybe that just gives you, maybe you just shut it down right after that. I actually, I think this could be detrimental because people are going to try to like commit. People try to commit during the summer and we're going to, we're going to try to really commit and get this thing over with. That's why I suggested July because you have a month to kind of like veg out and really digest everything that you saw in the month of June. But last Sunday in June would be that summer one where for people who are ready to be done with recruiting and I just want to focus on my, my, senior year of high school, and I just want to focus on my high school season, and everybody can stop, and the school can get you locked in, and they don't have to worry about it anymore, they shut it down at the end of January, or at the end of June, rather. I'm going to try to, ha- I'm going to, try to ask a question here. Okay. Still formulating this in my mind. Okay. Right now, when you have a, a, a December signing period, National Letter of Intent Day. It it is it, it is players who just finished a uh, could they're either in the middle of their senior year, right? Yes. Well, that is they're they're in the middle of their senior year. Some of them go ahead and can enroll early because of uh, of the way their high school works, right? That's right. So a June signing period would be before they ever play, ever start their high school senior year. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Tell me, you you look like you have concerns with that. I don't have concerns. I'm just thinking about how unusual that could be. Or I mean, help me here. Could that be unusual that you're you're now a commit? You've signed a letter of intent, which means the school and the school has committed to you. You've committed to the school. It is locked down, and you haven't played your senior season of football yet. That's right. I so two two things that come to mind. Okay. Um. One is 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 that is there a risk there for with injuries or such from the school, but also could that could that in some way damage high school in that I mean could you see a situation where maybe you really don't want them to play their senior year? I could see that now. What what I'm going to suggest is this already happens in other sports. In basketball. Good point. The early signing period is like the second week of November or something like that. That is before high school or right at the start of high school basketball season. Mm -hmm. I don't think we have an epidemic of guys signing with colleges and then sitting out their high school basketball season. That is is a good point. So That is a good point. It could be a risk in this particular case, but we, we don't see the evidence for that to not give it a shot. You're also now. I mean, on the positive side of that, I, I hate to go straight to you know what could be the bad about this. You have to think about that, though. You do. Colleges are recruiting juniors. I mean, you recruit juniors really hard, and you're looking for, in a lot of cases, that commitment between their junior and senior year, right? So, this plays right into that. And when you have players who 
listen, that's I'm going to that school. There's no change in my mind. I am committed. You then why not go ahead and do it? Because it then it takes the worry from the coaches and the players sometimes. It takes all that worry away. You don't have to keep recruiting them through their senior year, and they can just enjoy it and be a kid. Anyway, and that, Dabo Swinney has talked about that. Yes, I think any way that you can relax the recruiting process at every point, players, high school coaches, contacts, family members, coaches, recruiting staffs, every chance you get to take a little bit off everybody's plate is good. Yes. It creates stability. It creates a certainty with your roster numbers. It creates a certainty for the direction of a of a player. It also it creates some accountability for programs that tend to take commitments and then over the course of a senior season, they just let a guy walk. Mm-hmm. You know? And you're gonna there are some schools that used to do that where you see a you're like, why did this kid this kid's been committed to I mean, I'm gonna pick on Georgia for a second because I mean if you're a Georgia fan and you don't know Georgia's doing this, like Welcome to America. Um, Georgia processes kids from recruiting classes that are committed. You'll see a kid in October that decommits from Georgia that's been committed since March. That just means a better kid popped up. And they basically told the guy that was committed, we don't have room. Well, you're not going to be able to do that with a guy that's signed. You're also not going to be able, if you're committed... Teams are not going to be able to come after you. Like, if you're committed right now, I'm saying, I keep saying committed, but if mm-hmm. you commit to a team in June after, or July after your official visits, which this is going to be a three to seven day window, is what they, they say in the summer. So it could be end of June, 1st of July. If you commit to a school at that point and you sign the paperwork, that means other schools can't use the whole, the visits and the recruiting process to tamper with you. You're in with that school, and so you don't have to deal with it anymore. They can't come after you. You and the school now have a relationship. And you can transfer once you get there, but during that period, they can't mess with you. I don't really see a downside unless we see a bunch of kids decide, I'm going to sit out my senior year of high school. Yeah, and we probably won't. We we probably won't, but that that's just that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Um. So, yeah, I think... I think I like this, and keep in mind that college coaches have recommended this. This is this is what their group has put together. So they're, you know, I also like the fact that it's it's only you know they're they're proposing the three to seven days, three or seven days, right, of the calendar period. I like that too. The the change for the quote-unquote early signing period as it stands right now is that they would move it to earlier in December before bowls and the playoffs start, mm-hmm. which is genius. It also gives people like us something to talk about in June, which is, as we all know, the real reason they're doing this. It's amazing. It's amazing <laughs> for the radio people who are dying for something to talk about in February because you took February away from us. The least you can do is give us June. Yeah, and, and there may be, some, because you're talking about juniors or rising seniors at that point there may actually be some fireworks on that day so maybe we get a little bit of that february magic back but it's in june when we're really jonesing for football see i i think that's i think that's good for coverage of this because the coverage of recruiting and the ability to enjoy recruiting gets buried i think for staffs it's not fun to welcome in a signing class when you're well into bowl prep or playoff prep or portal whatever 
it's good. I think it's good for that reason that everybody gets to enjoy this a little bit more. Hour two is done. We'll talk to Will Vanvoort about this and many other things right after this.